0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading Star of Light by Patricia Sanjan with permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are reading chapter 10 Haman Learns a Lesson for Life. Haman kept his job at the donut shop. He worked hard, and his master was usually quite kind to him, giving him his breakfast and his coin regularly. The coin he spent on lunch, and the nurse provided him with his supper. He slept with Hasha just inside the mosque, and as long as the sun shone and the weather kept warm, he was happy. There was always plenty to do, and the boys helped with the harvesting and picked olives. On hot days, they were bathing in the rocky stream that flowed from the spring in the mountain and washed all their dirt away. Five days a week, they went to the house of the English nurse. Haman knew many of the stories about Jesus now. He knew there was not a, he was not a saint at all, but the Son of God who had come into the world. He knew that the lame and the blind had come to Jesus, and he had healed them. Haman wished that he also had lived then, for he would have carried Kinza to him, and her eyes would, would have been opened. He knew that Jesus had died with his arms stretched out in welcome on the cross, and he had been placed in a rock tomb. He had come to life again and left the tomb, and then he had been seen in a beautiful garden, He knew, too, that Jesus had gone back to heaven, the city of light, and was still alive. And the living spirit of Jesus was willing to come into the hearts of people to make them good. Summer turned into autumn, and the light nights became colder and longer. There was no more tourists in the hotel now, so there were no cars to watch and no luggage to carry. The boys often begged for money or scraps at rich people's houses. Life became very hard and uncertain. The only com- comfort that would really be depended on was supper at the house of the English nurse. She lit a charcoal fire for them those nights and let them in early. They would troop across her hall, leaving a trail of black footprints on her tiles, their rags dripping. Then she would hud- they would huddle around the glowing coals to warm their blue fingers, and gradually their teeth would stop chattering. Clothes were a great problem. The wind and rain pierced and rotted their rags, and Haman wondered just how long his flimsy summer gown would hold together. He did not know what he would do if it finally fell to pieces. Some of his friends had begged or stolen sacks, but Haman had not been so lucky. Kinza, on the other hand, had no clothes clothes problems. She always went shopping with the English nurse, and Haman often saw her waiting across the market on legs that had grown amazingly fat and sturdy during the past two months. Over her clean gown, she wore a red woolly jersey and a little brown cloak. She had rubber shoes on her feet and a woolly hood over her dark curls. She looked the picture of health and happiness, and Haman edged up as close as possible, felt very proud of her. The rain was pouring down one night when the children splashed their way up to the cobbles and hammered on the door of of their refuge. They shook themselves on the step like wet little dogs and surged forward towards the fire, puffing and blowing and sniffing. The English nurse felt especially sorry for them, for she thought she'd never seen them so wretched and sad. Yet they lifted their merry, cheery, cheeky faces to her, and their dark eyes were still bright. She marveled at their courage. But there was one well-known little figure missing. This was the second night he had not turned up, an undersized shrimp of a boy who had come regularly for months. "'Where's El Kadar?" the nurse asked. "'He can't come,' replied one child in a careless voice." His rags fell right to pieces, and he hasn't a father. He has nothing to wear at all, and they must he must stay at home till his mother can save enough to buy a sugar sack. No one seemed to care or seemed surprised, and the evening passed as usual. But when supper was finished, the nurse turned to Haman, who always lingered to the last. Do you know where El Kader lives? she asked. Haman noticed, nodded. Up at the top of the town by the prickly pear hedges, he replied but the path is like a muddy river. You could not go there tonight. I think I could, said the nurse, and if you would like to earn a little money, you can take me there. Amman nodded enthusiastically. He liked Ab al Kadar, and he waited at the bottom of the stairs while the nurse went upstairs to sort out some old clothes, and while he waited, his bright eyes roamed around the house. He had never been left alone before, and he found it very interesting. He poked his nose into the room on the left and found himself in a little kitchen. On one shelf stood a china bowl with eggs, just low enough for him to help himself. Haman hesitated. He could not count, but perhaps the nurse could and would notice that he took two. On the other hand, raw eggs sucked through a little hole at the top were delicious, and Haman had not tasted one for a long time. He decided it was worth the risk. If he waited outside the door, the nurse would never see in the darkness. And if she noticed later, he, he would, she would not be able to prove it was him. So she, he took an egg in each hand and slipped out into the street, stood waiting in the dark. Soon the nurse appeared with a bundle and a key, and what Haman had not bargained for, a powerful flashlight. Come along, said the nurse, turning on her flashlight. Walk with me, and we can both walk in the light. But to the nurse's surprise, Haman did not wa- wish to walk in the light he seemed to be taking great care to keep out of the beam, slinking along in the gutters, shuffling against the wall. It was very dark and very muddy, and once or twice he slipped, clutching his precious eggs tightly in both the hands. Why don't you walk with me in the middle of the road, asked the nurse, puzzled. You'll fall if you run along in the gutter like that. I'm all right, muttered Haman, rather miserably. He was not enjoying himself at all. He was so afraid that the broad beam of light and the egg somehow did not seem worth it. He wished he could get rid of them, and yet, at the same time, he wanted to hold on to them. It was pitch black away from the night, and when they started climbing the steep back alleys, Haman could not see where he was going at all. Suddenly, his foot caught on an unexpected step, and he fell headlong on his face. He gave a sharp cry of shock and pain, and the nurse who was just a little head, turned around quickly and shone the light full on to him. She saw him struggle to his feet, his gown covered with black mud and yellow egg yolk. She saw his hands clutching the smashed shells and his grazed knees streaming with blood and she understood at once what had happened. He would have scuttled away from her but she took hold of him quickly and he burst into frightened tears. He had no idea what she would do. She might fetch the police put him in prison, and she might beat him in the street. Whatever she did or did not do, he felt sure she would never have him in her house again. Never again when he entered that place of warmth and light. He would be shut out, and it was all his own fault. Then through his sobs, he heard the voice of the nurse speaking quietly to him. Come along, she said. You've cut your knees badly. We'll go home and bandage him up, and then you can show me the way again afterwards. She kept tight close to him, hold of him and they went home in silence except for Haman's sniffs and when they got there she locked the door on the inside. Still silent and ashamed Haman washed his hands under the tap and then the nurse sat down with him and bathed his black knees until the cuts and grazes were quite clean. She put ointment and bandages on them and then she took a good look at him. He sat slumped in a sorry little heap covered with mud and raw egg. The only clean parts about him were the little tracks on his cheeks made from his tears. Still without speaking she went upstairs where she kept a bundle of old clothes and she came down with a clean shirt and a gray woolen sweater that she had mended many times and then she fetched more warm water and soap and scrubbed him clean. Next she dressed him in his new clothes and sat down beside him. He looked at her marveling for it was his very first experience of someone returning good for evil he not understand it instead of prison and a beating he had been given medicine clean and beautiful clothes Hamon said the nurse beside him you fell over and hurt yourself because you could not walk in the light with me you were afraid to walk in the light because you had stolen my eggs there was no answer you don't deserve ever to come here again went on the nurse but they were my eggs and I paid for them so I'm going to forgive you only you must promise never to steal anything out of my house again. Hamon nodded. And remember said the nurse speaking very slowly you could not walk in the light without me because of what you had done wrong. Jesus said he is the light of the world and you must ask him to forgive you for what you did tonight and then you must walk beside him in his light every day until you get to heaven. He will make you clean inside just as I made you clean outside when I washed away the mud and the egg. Amand looked down at his clean clothes and bandages and understood. His eggs, which seemed so precious, were gone, but he did not want them anymore. He had been forgiven and washed and made clean. He had been brought back into the warm warmth and the shelter of the nurse's home. They were going again into the dark to find el Qadar's house, but it was quite different now. "'He would walk close beside the nurse. "'He would not stumble, and he would not be afraid of light any longer "'because he no longer had anything to hide. "'They would walk guided by the flashlight's bright, steady beam, "'and it would be a treat. "'A half an hour later, having finished their task, "'they returned to the house. "'The wind roared against the rocks behind the door town, "'and the rain beat up the streets in cold gusts. Amon said goodbye on the steps. "'But where are you going to sleep?' asked the nurse doubtfully in the mosque answered the little boy have you any blankets there no isn't it very cold tonight i shall be warm in my new sweater Well, you can come in tonight and sleep on the floor the fire is still burning so she left him lying comfortably on the mat covered with a blanket staring into the glow of the dying charcoal and thinking over the events of the evening he had learned something that night that he would never forget all his life Sitting up suddenly, he held out his hands and whispered the words of the simple hymn he had learned by heart, asking God to give him a clean heart, forgive the bad things he had done, and lead him to heaven. And tomorrow we'll read chapter 11, Christmas. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.